We are looking at Ezekiel today. We've been looking at a series of messages during Lent called Overcomers, Taking Courage in Jesus Christ. And so today we're looking at overcoming hopelessness. Uh, catching our breath is what we want to focus on today. Now for the prophet Ezekiel, he was a prophet in Israel uh, prior to and during the Babylonian exile. We're talking about the 6th century BCE. It began, the exile began in 597 BCE. Uh, the Babylonian Empire, as you can see from this slide, was vast. Came uh, into and conquered Jerusalem and the city, and the exiles were taken all the way to Babylon, what is today Iraq. At the time of this scripture passage, Jerusalem lay in ruins. The temple, which was the primary symbol of God's presence for the children of Israel, lay in ruins. Ezekiel and other elites, we know he must have been an elite because they always took the most elite persons into exile first, and Ezekiel was taken in 597 into Babylon. Keep in mind that this is not just a political or a national crisis for Israel at this time. This was also very much a biblical and a theological crisis, a religious crisis. The people were wondering where God was. How could this have ever happened? What will the future hold? This scripture reading from Ezekiel is God's answer through the prophet. And I want you to do something with me as I, as I read the passage to you. These 14 verses, Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14, I want you to count the number of times that the words spirit, breath, or breathe are used. Count the number of times as we move through this passage where Ezekiel mentions spirit, breath, or breathe. You ready? Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14. Listen now for the word of the Lord. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then God said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come up on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me, 
prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as God commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet of a vast army. Then God said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So did you count? How many times does Ezekiel use the words spirit, breath, or breathe in these 14 verses. Anybody count? Nobody counted here in the fellowship hall. I'm guessing somebody guessed. Somebody got it at home. I know they did. If you, if you counted, you counted nine times. Nine times. The word spirit, did you have it right? Oh, Lee was scared. You should have you should have spoken up. Nine times Ezekiel uses the word spirit, breath, or breathe. Now I confess to you, I don't remember much of the Hebrew I had in college with Dr. Ed Bevan, God rest his soul. But I do remember one word that Dr. Bevan made sure all of us knew in that Hebrew class. And the word was ruach. 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 You hear it? It's one of those Hebrew words that it is very good to have social distancing when you say that word because you could inadvertently, well, you hear the word. It's one of those Hebrew words, ruach, that it sounds what it does. It can be translated, ruach is translated spirit, breath, breathe, or it can even be translated, it wasn't in the Ezekiel passage, it can be translated wind. So spirit, breath, breathe, wind, all the same word, ruach. Ruach is the very breath of God that dwells in us. Ruach is the gift of every breath of life that God gives to us. The moment that you and I no longer have ruach, 
When we don't have it in us anymore, we die. Life on this planet began because of Ruach. It's in the first two verses of the Bible. The Bible begins with this word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. You remember what comes next? And the what? The Spirit of God, the Ruach of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Creation itself came into being when God breathed. Genesis wants us to understand without Ruach, there is no earth. Without Ruach, there is no galaxies. There, without Ruach, there is no creation. And as you probably have guessed already, without Ruach, there's no human beings. Because if you jump to the second chapter of the first book of the Bible, the seventh verse, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. And what does it say God did next? God breathed Ruach into his nostrils. And the breath of life, the Ruach of life, and the man, it says, became, at that moment, became a living being. Friends, we do not put our feet on the ground and take a single step without the Ruach of God filling our lungs. I want you to do something with me right now. I want you to take three really good deep breaths. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Would you do that with me? Doesn't that feel good? Is there, is there a more frightening feeling than when you cannot catch your breath. How many of you have ever had the breath knocked out of you, the wind knocked out of you? Some of you, some of you have had pneumonia, difficulty breathing. And in the Greek, when you jump to the New Testament, the Greek, it's ruach is, is another word that stands for all of these. It's called pneuma. It's where we get the word pneumonia. Pneuma is wind, breath, spirit, wind, Breath, breathe. Is there anything more frightening than not being able to catch your breath? My father-in-law passed away about three years ago now. He battled Parkinson's for five years, and there were two things that were most difficult during those days. One, to see his physical strength, his physical health. He was a man's man. I saw him throw a cow over a fence one time and to see his physical strength to dwindle but the other thing was to see him not be able to catch his breath his food had to be pureed his food had to be prepared so that he wouldn't aspirate and not be able to catch his breath to be able to breathe is the simplest and most basic definition of life is she still breathing is he still breathing? 
The time of death, what was the time of death? The time of death, well, she stopped breathing at 10.07. It's the most basic understanding of what life is. Which is why Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones is so astounding. It's so stark and vivid. It's so frightening. If it were a movie, it would have to be rated R. James Wallace describes what the people are going through. I love how he describes this scene. Ezekiel's vision is given for a people who have lost heart, who are suffering a death of the Spirit, a living death in exile in a foreign land. Their temple has been destroyed. Their holy city plundered. Their leaders maimed and put in chains. Their soldiers put to the sword. And their young men and women either killed or dragged off to a foreign land. Ezekiel witnesses the soul of his people gradually wither and die, becoming lifeless as a valley of dry bones. So when God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? If we're honest with ourselves, the first and obvious response that any of us would have given to God is, are you kidding? If you're kidding, this isn't funny. How could you ask such a ridiculous question like that. Think about it, friends. In the history of the world, nobody has ever seen a pile of dried up, whitewashed bones lying somewhere and asked, hey, check and see if she's still breathing. I mean, nobody has ever seen a pile of bones and said, looks pretty serious. Do you think it's serious? No. You see a pile of bones, the chance for life has long, 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 long passed. You see dried up bones. It is not only serious, it is hopeless. Can these bones live? What kind of question is that? Is there any hope? Obviously not. But this is the beauty of this text. But did you notice Ezekiel does not answer the way you or I would have answered. Ezekiel answers God's question with a wise response. Ezekiel answers God's question with an affirmation of faith in God. He says, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Isn't that beautiful? He says in a sense, God, I don't know. But you're God, you know. It's the most beautiful response. It's a humble response. It's a response that understands that there are some things in my job description as a human being, and there are some things in God's job description. And the wise and the humble follower of God never gets the two mixed up. Knowing what I can control and knowing what I cannot control is the secret to having any hope, any sense of future. Many of us have heard the serenity prayer by Reinhold Niebuhr. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom 
to know the difference. Ezekiel, friends, has the wisdom to know the difference between what he can do and what God can do. And friends, sometimes the first and the hardest step that any of us takes in getting a sense of hope is finally acknowledging our own weakness, our own limitations, finally acknowledging that there's something beyond ourselves, someone greater than ourselves. And that's when hope can be restored. Can these bones live? Is there any hope? I don't know, but God, you know. You know everything. And God, you can do anything. I don't know about you. We were talking before the service. You ought to see some of the things we talk about and do before we know you don't need to see those things. Just as we're preparing for the service. Someone commented, it seems a lot longer than three Sundays. This is the third Sunday that we've been together like this, and it does. It seems a lot longer than that. And I don't know about you, but dealing with a phrase that I'd never even heard of before, global pandemic. I don't know about you, but I keep thinking I'm going to wake up from this very bad dream. And it's like I'm in a James Bond movie or something. And I keep thinking somebody's going to call out, cut! The statistics are alarming. I took a screenshot last night. Over 615,000 worldwide. Over 28,000 deaths worldwide. In the United States, I'm sure the numbers have gone up. It doubles every three or four days. Over 114,000 cases of COVID-19 right now. 1,908 deaths in the United States. It's as if, friends, it's as if we are walking through a valley of very dry bones, wondering what is coming on the other side. It's scary, it's stressful, it's overwhelming. Sometimes, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes it it takes my breath away. And the irony of that is, you know this, coronavirus, it's a respiratory illness. It's a respiratory virus. It literally, it literally takes people's breath away. Since Thursday, since Thursday afternoon, I had, and maybe you've done this in the last three weeks or a month or so, I had to just call time out. It was beautiful outside, and I just had to get outside. And, and, and I, went, I went into pull-out weed mode at the house. I pulled every weed I could find in our flower gardens and flower beds and around the house. And I just had to get outside. I just had to be outside to get some, to get what? To get some fresh air, to get some fresh ruach, right? My phone, my phone asks me every day, did you walk outside today? It's really none of its business. I don't, I don't know about you. I don't mind a smartphone, but I don't like particularly a nosy one or a pushy one. But why does my phone ask me every day, did you walk outside today? Because, 
That's where we're reminded every breath we breathe, the fresh air that comes through our lungs is the reminder of who breathes life into us. You go to the doctor, what are the first three things they check? When you go and you sit in that room before you see a doctor, they check what? They check your blood pressure. They check your pulse. What else do they check? I call it that ET thing. They put that ET thing. Those of you that are real young, look it up on Google it. You can Google anything. But they put the ET thing on your finger. Why? They're measuring what? They're measuring how much oxygen you have in your body. They're measuring your level of ruach because that is life. I'm so, I'm so thankful that this Old Testament passage is the Old Testament reading for this fifth Sunday in Lent. Ezekiel is speaking to people who have lost their wind, who have had the wind knocked out of them in every way possible. They can't eat the way they used to. They can't gather the way they used to. They can't worship the way they used to. And they don't even have Facebook Live. Ezekiel's image of dry bones is spot on. And Ezekiel is wise enough. He's wise enough to know what's in his power and what's in God's. He's wise enough to do what God says. He says, so I prophesied as God commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet. Friends, are your bones dry, weary, or tired today? Are you wondering, perhaps, when will our exile end? When will life return to normal? Do you need, perhaps, to catch your breath this morning? How is your oxygen level? How is your ruach level? And do you need to be reminded of the one who gives you breath. I have some not good news. I have some great news. The great news is this. The God who made you, and when that doctor turned you upside down and smacked you, and you gasped your first deep ruach into your life, that is the same God who promises to breathe new life into you and to me. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the crisis, none of those things, friends, ever, ever, ever gets the last word. One of my favorite quotes of Frederick Buechner, I use it in almost every funeral, the worst thing, the worst thing is never the last thing. You remember when Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, and they're gathered, they're afraid, they're not sure what's going to happen next. You remember it says that he appeared to them. You remember what he does first? He breathed on them. Whew. And he said, my peace I give to you. My peace, I leave with you.
Do you know what the name Ezekiel means? In Hebrew, Ezekiel means God strengthens. Dear friends, would you let God strengthen you today? Would you let God calm your heart and ease your mind? Would you let God breathe life and hope into you? One more time. Would you take three breaths with me? Three really good deep breaths. Here we go. Sometimes, sometimes all of us, the only thing we ever really need is to just stop sometimes and to catch our breath.